0: Hi everyone, I'm Jill Osmond and I am the assistant to the elder team here at The River Church. Thanks for checking out one of our messages today. We would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way to do that is to text River Connect one word to 97,000. That's River Connect to 97,000. Or you can visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and our upcoming events. If you'd like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can visit our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Roy Townsend. I'm the Grow Pastor here at the River Church. I'm privileged to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. Again, if you are new here, we are in the Sermon on the Mount. We are starting out in Matthew chapter 5. We'll be reading in verse 21 as you turn there. But the Sermon on the Mount, we've been working through Matthew 5, and I know Pastor Josh has mentioned we have plans for chapter 6 and chapter 7. But I've been burdened by the questions about the proposal. I've been burdened by people saying we don't understand the church's position on many things, and we just want to reiterate We can't miss this message. The biblical message of God's word has to penetrate our lives, church. We can't just show up on Sunday morning and feel good. It has to penetrate our lives, church, whether that's on voting day, whether that's at your work, whether that's toward your neighbor. The truth of God's word, the truth of his scripture has to penetrate our lives, church, We can't just show up and have a good time. We can't just show up and say, hey, check the box. I'm a big box guy. I shared that last time. I love to make a list and check off the box. I can't just say, oh, check off. Got God's word done for today. It's not checking it off. It has to penetrate our lives. We can't be the salt. We can't be the light to our communities if we are just checking off the box for an hour a week. We see this over and over in scriptures. Even his disciples missed it, but we want to make sure that we proclaim it to you. The message of Jesus Christ and the message for us to take his word and go out into the community has to be clear. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you and I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to share, I thank you for the opportunity to gather. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that we have, including the blessing to be able to participate in setting a direction for our state. May we be dedicated to your word. May we be dedicated to the study and the application and through the power of the Holy Spirit as your word becomes deeper and more meaningful to us, Lord. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, we're going to read through verse 21 through 26 to begin. It says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you that you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This section of scripture is very, very hard. It's hard for people to get an understanding, right? It's hard for people to, you say, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure. But I think it's one of those times that both the people who were there and for the church, sometimes we miss it, right? I don't know about you, but when I need a bathroom and I'm driving down the interstate, I miss the rest stop. I, I miss the McDonald's sign that says, hey, dummy, next exit, McDonald's. Right? I, I, somehow, I miss it. I was talking to a buddy of mine today. I saw him pulling out of a gas station. In my entire life, this has been a mobile gas station. And I go, hey, man, I saw you pulling out with your cool card from that mobile. And he goes, I wasn't at a mobile. He goes, I have a shell card. I go, oh, you know, right there at the corner of this road and that road, that mobile. He goes, dude, that's been a shell for 10 years. Well, the prior 40, it was a mobile. Sorry, you're new to our community, right? Like, I missed it. I'm like, what an idiot. It's a Shell gas station for 10 years. It's also known as a decade, okay? Like, I definitely, I, I drive by this corner every day of my life at least twice, and I missed it, right? Well, we have trouble sometimes catching it i love these memes i know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for some of you i love these memes that said you know you had one job have you ever seen those memes they put little pictures on the internet and they go you had one job and they show the picture of something and i just i go what how could somebody do that there was a picture of a toilet seat that was put on backwards There's no way for what needs to go through to go through if the toilet seat is on backwards. It's a very uncomfortable spot to sit if the toilet seat, the things that hold the toilet seat up would now be pinching you, right? It's a very, very uncomfortable spot to sit. Like, dude, what, what guy puts a toilet seat on backwards, right? I saw a picture, you know, it says, get ready for winter. It's a big shoe sale and there's flip-flops hanging now maybe this picture is from the Florida Keys, but I, I don't think so, right? You know, price rollback was $1.19, now two dollars. I'm like, whoever is paying this person should really confront them on the ability, like at least take the was one thirteen or one nineteen off, right? People can miss it. Sometimes you're oblivious to it like like the gas station right for me i had a buddy he's an older guy older saint and he has one of those really cool hearing aid systems that his he wears here and his phone bluetooths to the hearing aid system and we're getting we get to a wedding a young man was getting married he wanted us both there so we're sitting there at the wedding and all of a sudden he leans over during the during the wedding ceremony you know it's All what it's supposed to be, right? It's all beautiful. It's a very timely spot of the ceremony. He goes, it's kind of rude. Kind of rude them playing that music. I don't hear any music. (laughs) Kind of rude. Why, they're playing that rock music during the middle of the... And I go, Mike, is your phone playing the radio right now? He pulls his phone out. His phone is playing oldies. His phone. He thinks oldies is rock music. I'm like, dude, come on. Okay? You know, some, you, like, you missed it. Okay? You missed it. Sometimes we purposely miss it. Now, I didn't purposely miss the gas station. He didn't purposely have the music on. Sometimes we purposely mu- mix up this and miss it. Like when I tell my kids... I need you to take out the trash. What does that mean? Right? Have you ever thought about it, you know? I assume it means, you know, you're going to take the trash bag and tie it up. You're going to pull it out of a trash receptacle. You're going to walk it outside, open up the big trash receptacle and put the trash in it, right? That's what I think is going to happen. Well, sometimes I get home after asking for the trash to be taken out and the trash is laying in the garage. So I was the one that was, that was supposed to take the trash out. Or were you the one that was supposed to take the trash out, right? He per- well, oh, you know, my shoes, I just washed them. Oh, you know, I was playing a game, and if I go to the trash can, I lose signal. And I can't continue to play the game, right? He is purposely missing what I've asked him to do, but we're the same way, right? We're the same way. When it comes to God's word frequently, we miss it. We purposely miss it. Jesus is clarifying his point here in Matthew chapter 5. He says the point remains, the message is Jesus is saying that he deals not only with the actions, but he deals with the heart behind the action. I talk a lot to parents and men. Do I want my kids to obey me? Or do I want them to love me so much that they obey me? Because I could say, take out the trash. And he goes, stupid trash. Taking out the trash. Who knows what psycho dad's going to do if I don't take out the trash? Right? Is that what you want? You want, people say, I want my kids to just do what I say. I go, I do too, but I want them to love me so much that they do what I say. He wants us to love him so much that we do what he's told us. He doesn't want us to miss it. It's really important. Jesus explained in this section of scripture that the attitude of the heart can be the heart of murder. When the Jews at this time were thinking about this and they were hearing this and they were saying, oh, listen. Keeping these commandments that he left, the law was to point toward him. I know Pastor Josh mentioned this last week in his sermon. We were supposed to see that the law, we couldn't fulfill the law. And we were supposed to see that we had a need for a savior, Jesus Christ. Interestingly enough, his chosen people Missed it. Some of them missed it purposely, and some of them missed it not knowingly. It's interesting to me. I've talked about this with some. Matthew 5, verse 21, it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. You say, man, uh, time out, Roy. That sounds like the Bible to me. Sounds like the Bible to me. How are you saying that they missed it because they quoted what's actually in the Bible? And it is true that that verse is in the Bible. It's kind of crazy that the religious leaders of the time became so crazy and so strict about the rules that the interpretation of this. Pastor Josh said that Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He said that the scribes and the Pharisees, though, they like to twist the Scriptures. So in Genesis chapter 9, this is where we first see the teaching that to murder is wrong. This is actually before the law was given to the people, but God was... Instituting the rules for for the people on earth for us to understand. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. Which is one of the reasons that we believe to take someone's life, to murder them, would be wrong. It's based on the scripture. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, it's a real deep passage. I want to make sure it's not too long for us. It says, you shall not murder. Isn't isn't that what you've heard of old? You should not murder, right? And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 17, it's a great cross-reference. If you want to look it up and cross-reference the two, it says, you shall not murder. It's deep how they coincide like that, right? You shall not murder. Chapter 5, verse 21 of Matthew, where we started. You've heard that it was said of old, you shall not murder. Roy, that is exactly what the Scripture says. And then it goes on, it says... And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. In Numbers, chapter 35, so we've used Genesis, we've used Exodus, we've used Deuteronomy. Now we're going to use Numbers. It says, if anyone kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the evidence of witnesses. But no person shall be put to death on the testimony of one witness. Moreover, you shall shall accept no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall be put to death. You say, Roy, seems pretty clear that when Jesus says, you've heard this from old, that that was in the Old Testament Scriptures. Interestingly enough, it was the religious leaders that messed this up. It was the religious leaders that missed it. Pastor Josh taught they missed it because they wanted to project to everyone that they were perfect. They took that "you shall not murder" and you'll be liable to say, "I'm the man. I've never murdered." And many of us, you say, "Oh man, hey, Roy. Last time he was here, he talked about drunkenness. I'm liking this one better. I'm murderer. I'm not a murderer." But Jesus, in the teaching, when he comes to fulfill the law, he takes it and he ups it a little bit. He ups the ante. Instead of letting, instead of letting these people walk around and say, look at me, I'm, I'm the man. My son is playing college football. And his first reception was a touchdown. And many guys look at me and they go, And then I smile and I go, do you want to know how many times he's dropped the ball before he caught it? I can twist it, right? I am telling you the gospel truth. His first catch in college was a touchdown. But how many times did he drop the ball before that? How many games into the season were we where he had never had a catch, right? Right? I can twist what I'm saying, both being the truth. So the religious leaders of the time, they were taking these scriptures and they said, you know, it's supposed to show us the need for the Savior. It's supposed to show us that we're broken. Let's twist it so we can be self-righteous. Pretend, Pastor Josh mentioned, you know, pretend the A plus average. Be self-righteous. And that isn't just back then, church. If there's one thing that I think the church, the big C church, has missed is a self-righteous attitude toward our neighbors. Look at me. We're all this. We don't do that, right? It's interesting. Even when the rich young ruler, we're going to turn to Matthew 19. Matthew 19 is where I'm going to read next. But the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, and he says, you know, hey, Jesus, how, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And Jesus says, oh, obey the laws. And he goes, ooh, ooh, I've done that. I've done that. I'm so good, Jesus. You would be great if you wanted me on your team because I'm that good. Matthew 19, verses 16 through 20. It says, and behold, a man came up to him, being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. I think I've heard that before. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, All these I have kept. When I read this section of Scripture, I mean, how brazen. How bold. Like, even if I thought I was that, I can't see myself saying I was that. Like, he's like, hey, I'm the man. I've done all this. Are you telling me that's all I have to do to get to heaven? So we know that this missing it, this twisting it, led to a self-righteous, led to a, a very disgusting attitude. We can see it in the scriptures when the Pharisees are recorded as saying openly in their prayer, Oh God, I thank God that I'm one of your chosen people. I thank God that I'm not a Gentile. You're God's chosen people. You have his word. You're preserving his word. And you're supposed to love your neighbor. And we twist. They twist. We twist. Back to Matthew chapter 5. It goes on in verse 22. It says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Jesus is taking this up a notch. In the New Testament in 1 John chapter 3 verse 15 it says everyone who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him man you've heard it old you've heard it said of old the scripture says why does jesus say you've heard it said of old it was interesting as i was looking up this fact interestingly enough the jewish people at this time could not read the scriptures because they did not know hebrew And the scriptures were in the Hebrew language at this time, right? And after the captivity, when Jesus is speaking to the group that's in the Holy Lands, right? And they're there, and he's like, you've said it heard of old. Well, the reason he has to say it that way is because the only people who can read the scriptures are the teachers and the rabbis and the leaders and the scribes and the Pharisees. They're the people who can actually read the scriptures. So at this point in history... The scriptures are only being read to the group. Even in our English language, if you look this up, it's interestingly enough, people were killed for trying to put the scripture into English. Over, and I can give you name after name, of our English forefathers who were killed. They would bring their children in And they'd ask their children to recite the Lord's Prayer. And when their children would recite the Lord's Prayer in English, they were put to death. Because at that time in our history, those scriptures were only read in Latin. Why? Because there's a reason why the religious leaders like to twist the scriptures. We'll make this rule just be very strictly about murder, which very few of us are going to be involved with. So that they, instead of saying, I need a Savior, they can look at it and say, I'm the man. I'm the woman. But Jesus says, but I say to you. But I say to you. Interesting. In Jewish culture, Jesus, we just read it, he would have had to have a witness with him He would have to have two witnesses. But he comes up and says, listen, I'm a witness to myself. I say to you, if you have anger in your heart, you're a murderer. Interesting. Jesus, you say, wait a second, wait a second, time out, Roy. Okay, I'll give you that the culture and the leaders like to twist the scripture. I'll give it to you that they missed it. But what do you mean? What do you mean I know that Jesus got angry? I know that the scriptures say that you are not. It says get angry and sin not. What's going on here? Jesus flipped tables in the temple. You don't think he was angry? But he's saying here that if you're angry toward your brother, you're a murderer. It seems irreconcilable to me. One of the commentators that I read, he said, Jesus did not say anger leads to murder. He says that anger is murder. But as he has defined anger here, when you look it up, it really means a nursing, an inward hatred, a settled anger, malice. It's not being angry because of God's righteousness. It's not a righteous anger. It's a very sinful anger toward our brothers and sisters in Mark chapter 3 verse 5 Mark chapter 3 verse 5 it says and he Jesus looked around at them with anger grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man stretch out your hand he stretched it out and the hand was restored not understanding Roy what do you mean I can tell you that when you teach about anger, it is a dangerous place to be, but it is a sinful place to be if it's not a righteous anger. Some of us, I know Keaton wrote the lesson this week. I appreciated it because Keaton's a nice guy, and contrary to popular opinion, I like to think of myself as a nice guy. And uh, I said, you know, you know, I think I do a pretty good job with this. And when, when, when do I struggle with this? I've, I've used the word I several times, haven't I? Oh, have an eye. Oh, look, I just said it again. Right? I will tell you that when I am driving, knowing that I'm coming here to preach this scripture on M15 in Ortonville, there is a person in front of me who has a turn lane to turn right, and there's the lane that I'm supposed to be going straight on because I want to get here. And they're in both lanes. And I stuffed it down for a second. I'm like, hmm. No bad words came to my head. I was doing my best to be good about it. And right as soon as I said, oh, come on! They get in the right lane. And then I speed by them really quickly because I'm agitated, right? I can tell you, I don't know why, but when I'm driving... I'm not a nice guy. I think about this. Like, you know, every 10 years or so, I have what they call an out of body experience. Like, I'm a pretty decent guy. And I'm driving down M24. I think it's something with the M roads. Okay? I'm driving down M24, and I cannot tell you how beautiful of a day it was. The sun is shining. Got my music on. It's playing my favorite song. I got a coffee in the cup holder. My wife's over in the, dryer, in the passenger side. We're good. Things are great. She reaches over. She's holding my hand. Got my kids in the back. They're all buckled up. They're not fighting, not irritating me. I would have swore the Disney birds were playing a song, and they were just following me down M24. And I'm looking up. There's no traffic, guys. This is how good of a day. I'm like the only car on a two-lane expressway. And there, you know, it's a Saturday morning, and there's some construction up ahead. They're not working on it. They've got a sign up that says, get over in the other lane. I look. I see a car behind me, a half a mile behind me. Maybe a mile behind me. I mean, it's so far. I couldn't even tell you what kind of car it was. So I get over into the lane. I'm just, she's still holding my hand. My country song is still playing. I mean, it is a great morning. And as I get to the barricade, I happen to look back at my wife to you know give her the smile. You know what I mean? Come on, you guys know what I mean. I'm getting ready to give her the smile, and there's a car running me off the road, coming straight over. I'm in the lane. I have the lane. He doesn't have the lane. I jerked the wheel. My youngest actually ejects out of the strap. She's on the floor crying. I'm in the ditch, still going 55 miles an hour. And I go, that's it. And I just, whoom right back up on the road. I did it. But when he came to run me off the road and saw me screaming at him, he hit his brakes so that when I jerked the wheel and came back up on the road, he wasn't there. And I confess this, I called Josh, I called the other. I said, "Hey, just want you to know, I'm waiting at the bottom of this hill on M24, and that guy will not come down. I'm waiting. I am ready!" And he's like, "Look at that psycho at the bottom of the hill. I think I'm going to turn into McDonald's. Oh wait, there's a McDonald's. I can go to the bathroom. And my wife is praying on me. She's just praying, not correcting me yet, just praying. She knows don't correct me yet because this ain't going to go well. I can only tell you that the anger that I felt would definitely be Jesus's definition of murder. Hurt my kid, run me off the road, Speed up to catch me. I'm going 55 to then run me off the road. What is wrong with you, right? You, you can just, I could just feel it. My blood pressure, Ooh, my phone is saying, hey, calm down. <laughs> All right, calm down. I'm so thankful to God that he didn't come down because I don't know. I was mad. I was like levitating over top of my truck. I was like a tuning fork, ready to go. I was already humming. And I said, wow. Wow. This is exactly what he's saying. I felt it in my heart. I confess it. I ask for forgiveness. Jesus looked around them with anger, but his anger was because they were dishonoring God. Maybe that guy just didn't see me. I don't know how it's possible. Maybe that guy's got a kid in the back seat who's dying, and he's trying to get that child to the hospital. I have no idea. I have no idea. But my day turned in about one second. I mean, I had to come home. I had to, like, put myself to bed to chill out. Like, I was out of control. And that anger that wells up inside us when we think of ourselves more than others. Matthew 5, says, but everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. That's going to court. Whoever insults his brother will be liable going to the council. That's like the Supreme Court. That's like the biggest of courts at this time. I tell people, I don't think I said any bad words, but I know I thought lots of words. The nicest of ones I could probably say here. You fool. When the scripture says, you fool, you'll be liable of hell's fire. You say, wait a second. We talked about the fool in Proverbs. Jesus talked about the fool. This word that gets translated fool for us is actually invoking God to try to kill somebody. Actually, what we probably hear it the most is when we're damning somebody and asking God to do it. Saying, hey God, I hate this person so much. Damn them. Send them to hell. Why? We hear that word a lot. We hear those words a lot. You fool. You fool. In Aramaic, the word, for those of you that read the King James, it says raka, R-A-C-A. I'm like, okay, raka, we look it up. You know, see, Let's see how bad of a word it is. It means empty one, airhead, numbskull, stupid. Uh-oh, I was killing people by the age of three. I mean, age of three, right? I mean, I was a school teacher. My wife ran a daycare center. What am I dealing with with three-year-olds? You can't say he's stupid. He's stupid, I know. But you can't say it, okay? You're not allowed to say it. It's wrong, right? You're a three year old, you're not allowed to say it, right? You know, they would, that's one of the first words. Oh, they're stupid. Yes, no, stupid. I mean, that's probably the third word I remember, right? You know, but this is what the scripture's saying. Like, if you're going to use that word, numbskull. I'm like, numbskull. I I mean, maybe the older people might remember that word. I don't know how often we use it, you know, but I'm like, "Uh, I, I actually think I'm making a better choice when I use the word numbskull, right? And the scripture is telling me that you're liable to the judgment when you do this, when they are in the image of God and you think you have enough guts, you think you are so smart that you can call them stupid, They're made in the image of God. You think that you have enough guts to insult my creation? You think you have enough guts to ask me to send them to hell? And even if you don't say it, church, because I grew up a fundamentalist, even if it looked pretty, if I thought it, it's the same. I never said that to anybody yeah well I thought it to somebody I felt it to somebody in my heart one commentator said there is no mistaking the severity of the Savior's words he teaches that anger contains the seeds of murder that abusive language contains the spirit of murder and that cursing language implies the very desire to murder We miss it. We miss Sometimes we miss it purposely. And then again as he takes it to a new level. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 23 and 24 it says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and Go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come to offer your gift. Interesting. Not only does he say, hey, if you thought it, you did it, but now he's saying, if you thought it, you did it, and now when you think you're going to come worship God? At this time, the Jews, I I can just imagine, Jesus is talking to, to a lot of Galileans. So when the Galileans... Needed to make a sacrifice at the altar, they walked 80 miles. 80 miles. It took them more than a week. So he's telling these people I know you just walked for a week carrying your sacrifice, and now you've got it all ready, and you're getting ready to go to the altar. And when you remember that somebody hates you, this is really what he's saying. Leave it at the altar. Turn around. Walk 80 miles. And reconcile with your brother or your sister. Walk a week back. But wait a second. They still haven't offered a sacrifice. Yeah, that's right. So after they walk back and reconcile... What does he say? Then you have to walk 80 miles back, offer the sacrifice, and then walk 80 miles home. To do what he's saying would have taken basically a month of your life. That's how important this is, this concept. First, be reconciled to your brother. They are made in the image of God. Interesting The improbability of this scenario, one commentator said, emphasizes Jesus' point. So when the Apostle Paul says it, we can understand it now. He says, Be angry and do not sin, but do not let the sun go down on your anger. Oh, wait a second. Now that makes a little more sense. You don't want to walk 240 miles. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Make it right. They have infinite value made in the image of God. Reconcile with your brother. Do not be angry. Then it says in Matthew 5, 25 and 26, he even goes a step further. So that's kind of the nice, the nice application of the anger. Don't be angry, right? Hey, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Take anger. Care of your anger. And then he goes, Well, if that's not enough. Verse 25 and 26, it says, Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, so not only is he saying, You've heard of old truly I say to you, now in the same section of scripture, he's saying it again, truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Man, it seems like there is a urgency here. Make friends fast. Settle with your accuser. Admit when you are wrong. Make it right, because if you don't, it will catch up with you. If you don't, it will catch up with you. Jesus restates, truly I say to you, you won't get out until it's paid. Don't miss the opportunity. Be reconciled with your brother and sister. I mean, could not be an easier time for the church to be reconciling with our brothers and sisters. You don't even have to drive to their house. You can message them. You can meet them someplace. You can call them. You can text them. Right? There's infinite ways that we could try to reconcile with our brothers and sisters. But many of us want to stay in bondage. Many of us want to hold on to this. The followers missed it. It isn't just this section of Scripture in the Sermon of the Mount that we miss. Listen, church. Church. Some of you today are like, hey, I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. I'm just, I'm guest. I'm just being introduced to Jesus. I don't understand this. Well, I don't want you to miss that. There are churches, there are organizations, there are movements out there, church, that want you to miss this point. For you that don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, they want you to miss it. They want you to think it's about your good works. But Jesus, in Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, he says, And said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Listen, church, we can't miss this. To our guests, we don't want you to miss this. Those other churches want to twist the scriptures to make you feel like you are fine. They want to lie to you and say, hey, everybody's on their way to heaven. Don't worry about it. We all get there. They are twisting the scriptures. There are a whole huge movements that say, hey, it's all about the number of good things that you do. When you die, he's sitting up there with a big balance scale, and he puts all the good things on one side, and he puts all the bad things on the other. And if the good side outweighs the bad, you get to heaven. I'm sorry. They are twisting the scriptures. Maybe they're doing it on purpose, because they know and they just want it to be that way, or maybe they've missed it too, but they've missed the scriptures. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. No one. We can break that down. No one. No one. You don't want to miss this. We all, if we're honest with ourselves and look at the wrongs that we do in this world, it's a genuine faith and a genuine repentance. What does that mean, Roy? A genuine repentance is a turning away from the sins. Well, I prayed a prayer one time. Did you turn away from the sins? Doesn't mean you're perfect, but did you turn away? Did you put on the new man? well, I prayed a prayer once. That's what the guy said. True faith, genuine repentance is a turning away from our sins. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I use that verse because we can break that word all down. For all have sinned. I have sinned. We have sinned. You have sinned. All have sinned have sinned john 3 verses 17 and 18 as i close it says for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of god If you are a guest, we don't want you to miss this. You are condemned already. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were condemned, but we came to believe in the name of the only Son of God, Jesus. Some here today, we have missed it with our brothers and sisters. The apostle Paul tells us to examine ourselves. I use that language a lot when it comes to communion. It says examine ourselves. I'm not judging you. The scripture tells you to judge you. Examine yourself if you are a believer. Are there people that you hate in your heart? Because he says don't offer your sacrifice. Don't stand up and worship if you are unwilling to reconcile with your brother. Don't show up and serve and make me feel better about hating somebody. Well, I serve God. He says, no. Before you serve, reconcile with your brother. Love your brother. He says, the world will know you by how well you love your brother. Well, Roy, I don't want to. Examine yourself. And the scripture says, if you examine yourself rightly or justly, there's no prison. There's nothing holding you back. But if you hold on to it and says, no, I can forgive everybody, but I hate this one person. What good is it to walk to the altar and offer a sacrifice? The scripture says clearly, he will not receive it. He will not receive it. For those of you that don't know Christ as your Savior, I would ask you at the end of the gathering to come up here and speak to some of the believers who will be up here, and they could explain to you what the Scripture says about coming to know Him, because we don't want you to miss it. Today is the day of salvation. For those of you who are the body of Christ here, you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior I admit it that when I was preparing for this sermon, people's names came to my mind that I'm not 100% right with. Commit today to trying to make that right. Commit today to calling that person. Commit today to messaging that person. I called one, and they're like, I don't ever want to talk to you. Okay. But I've given it up. I've tried to reconcile with you. Some of you are like, oh, Roy, I'm I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I don't have a bunch of people that I hate. Do you know of people that hate you? What do you think the believer, the brother, the sister is called to do? If you know somebody really, really has a, a grudge against you, go to that person and say, I love you and I want us to be right. I don't want to be in this prison. I don't want you to be in this prison. Because the scripture says you will pay the price to the penny. Church, we can't miss his words. We can't miss the word of God. We can't miss it. For those of you who are only here once a week, not really in the word, other times in the week, I want to encourage you. We don't want to miss it. We as a church love you. Would you please stand with me as I close in prayer? Lord, again, we come to you in prayer. Lord, we're thankful for the word that you gave us. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to be here. Lord, we are thankful that you love us so much that you told us. Don't twist the scriptures to something you can obey and feel good about it. Look at your standard and know that we need you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to understand the depths of your word. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to love our brothers when there's Difficulty and love our sisters when there's difficulty. To humble ourselves, Lord, and go before them, make friends quickly, settle it quickly. Don't let the sun go down on our anger. We commit this to you. For those who are here this morning who don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would feel that push from the Holy Spirit to come forward and get an understanding of the only name that saves, the name of the Son of God, Jesus. We ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.